We all know the damage that fires are capable of. What we don't always understand is the cause, behavior, and what to do in the aftermath of a fire. Today, you'll understand these aspects just a little bit more. Welcome to Speaking of Fire with Mike Schlattman and Donna Ingram. We will give you tips on fire prevention, how to deal with insurance matters, and more. Now, here are your hosts, Donna and Mike. Hello and welcome to Speaking of Fire. This is your host, Mike Slatman. I'm honored to be a past president of the International Association of Arson Investigators. I'm a private fire investigator. I have been investigating fires for over 45 years. And, um, and I'm also honored to be the primary facilitator for the expert witness testimony program of the International Association of Arson Investigators. And this is Donna Ingram. I have about 30 years in fire and fraud and am a past director of the International Association of Arson Investigators. And welcome to Speaking of Fire. Yes, thank you for all for being here because we are honored to be, and the reason I mentioned the expert witness program is we are honored to be in North Carolina today. Um, so we're doing a little remote here, and we have some wonderful guests from the North Carolina chapter of the International Association of Arson Investigators. And I want to introduce uh, uh, Bonnie Blaylock, who is, uh, well, she's been described as the hub of the chapter, the glue that keeps the chapter together. And, uh, and in fact, I've, I've been coming to this chapter for a few years, and I, I, I know that she does everything, and the presidents usually take credit for it. So... But anyway, so she's a, she's a graduate of West, Western Carolina University. She has a BS degree in criminal justice and retired from the Burlington Police Department in the identification, as an identification supervisor. She's a member of the Alamance County Fire Investigation Task Force, a member of the North Carolina chapter, and, a, and was the secretary of that chapter for 14 years. She's on the IAAI North Carolina Training Committee um, and uh, South Carolina, um, North and South Carolina um, IAAI Joint Conference Training Committee. She's a member of, a um, life member of North Carolina. Uh, they've been, she, that's an honor. If you get the life membership, that means you earned it, and I know she's earned it. Um, she's also a recipient of the Wendell, uh, was it Watley? Watley. Watley um, Silent Service Award, and I'm going to ask her to describe what that is in a moment because um, Silent Service Award, and, and, and I, I know she learned it. She's a she's basic law enforcement training uh, academy instructor and an adjunct instructor with the Alamance County College. Okay, so, Bonnie, thank you for being here. Thank you for inviting us. Okay, so uh, one of the things I've, I've never heard of before is the uh, Silent Service Award. What does that mean? We had a member, Wendell Wadley, who was on our training committee, and he was the guy that when you needed something done, didn't matter what it was or when, he did it. Because he was the guy behind the scenes that made things happen. And he had survived cancer for about 20 years. And year before last, it came back. Mm-hmm. And we lost him in uh, April of 2016. And in honor to, uh, um, in his honor, this award was developed um and it's given by the president at his or her choosing for someone they feel like that does that, that kind of just goes ahead, does what needs to be done, and 
you know, works for the chapter. And, and I was honored to be one of the first recipients. You wanted the, it's amazing you weren't the first recipient. Well, they, um, they gave it to three people the first year, I and think. I was one of those three. No, of course you were. <laughs> and and uh, Donna's going to introduce our other guest. Yes, we have two other guests present, and Mr. Jeff Key, he's a founding member of Forensic Investigation and Consultation. He's a CFI with the IAAI and a hazmat technician specialist. He's retired special agent, CFI certified explosive specialist with the ATF, and specializes training in origin and cause of fires, as well as post-blast investigations. He's testified as an expert in origin and cause of fires in the U.S. District Court, State Court, and Military Court. He retired after 30-plus years in law enforcement to include 14 years as an SACES and 12 years in the SACFI program. He's consulted on and conducted fire and explosion investigations for the private industry for about six years. He formed uh, forensic investigation and consultation with Ken Andrews and John Golder, both retired SACFI CESs with ATF. <laughs> he continues to provide expert investigation regarding fire and explosion losses with a specialty in large loss as well as explosion investigations. He continues to consult and trains, educates regarding fire and explosion investigations. Welcome, Jeff. Thank you, ma'am. Thanks for having me. And thank you for being with us today because I, that took our entire show. No, that's not true. No, I, well okay, done. Yeah, yeah it was certainly a mouthful of acronyms, which fortunately our audience understands. <laughs> All right, and, and let's let's talk about this other guy. We've been talking about him when he wasn't here, so go ahead and talk about him. Well, Mr. Wayne Delancey, he's a fire service professional with 33 years of experience to include volunteer and career leadership, command experience, origin and cause investigations, local and international certification and inspections and investigations. He's had about six years of private insurance and private industry experience as an origin and cause investigator and environmental health and safety coordinator for the international an international company of 300 plus employees. Welcome, Wayne. Good, hey, good afternoon. <laughs> well, anyway, let me tell you something. I, I'm really glad that you guys are here because um, this is, we're here doing an expert witness thing. And, um, and as I said, well, and Bonnie, is, uh, we've already praised her because it's really true. She arranged this through, um, Elements is it Elements County? What is it? Elements County. Yeah, Elements County. Yeah, I I know where I'm at. I don't really. Um, anyway, uh, and so let's talk about that, Bonnie. How did how did first of all how did you get involved with the North Carolina, North Carolina chapter of the IWA? We had a um, a fire marshal that wanted to start a task force, and because of my work with crime scene investigation. I was in it uh, for the Burlington Police Department with several other folks. And Craig Yarborough, who is one of our founding chapter members, always arranged to host the spring conference here in Burlington in Alamance County. And, of course, when we started this task force and working more closely with the Burlington Fire Department, we all went to the spring conference. And Craig and some of the guys, you ought to join so I thought, oh, okay, well, I can do this. I thought it would be one year and that'd be it. And then, you know, it kind of grew from there. Yeah, now how many years ago was that? Uh, uh, let's see, maybe 
17 yeah, so, years now. So you and, just couldn't walk away from it, is that? Uh, well, they wouldn't yeah. let you, would they? It wouldn't let me, but once I got involved, I really enjoyed it. Met a lot of nice friends, and you know, it's, um, it's fun. It's entertaining, <laughs> and I always learn something. Yeah, and well, you know, and, and let's say for a minute, let me say, let's do a shout out to Greg Yarborough, who is uh, feeling poorly and is, uh, is, is in the hospital right now, is that correct? Yes, sir. Um, he's had a little health problem the last few days. Hopefully, he will get to come home later today. Not had an update, but... Uh, well, he's a great guy, and I know him for years. And I want to tell you that, that um, we are going to we put his name on here so that he can listen to this show at a later date, because um, it's all archived. You know, you can get it on speakingoffire.com and, or through uh, voiceamerica.com, and uh, you'll hear his name. And I know how much we all uh, miss him and, and, and wish him well. Um, now, I, would you tell us, uh, we're at the Elements County, uh, right? So let's talk about how did you arrange that? Who did you get in touch with and, and who arranged for our courtroom? Um, Catherine, Judge Catherine Overby, uh, helped us with our first class. When Wayne uh, and I started tag teaming when we were asked to do the expert witness testimony class here. Mm-hmm. And I reached out to Judge Overby because I had worked with her when she was an assistant district attorney. And she was on board right from the beginning. So she's helped us with the last three classes. Um, our district attorney has been very gracious to provide an assistant district attorney for us. Mm-hmm. And we have Roger Marion from the Marion Law Group, and they are our judicial official for our class. And That's great. Yes, I, I know that uh, uh, Gabriel Diaz from the prosecutor's office is here Yes, today. this is his first time helping us. Yes, and we, and we put on this because we, need, we have a real judge, we have real attorneys, mm-hmm. we have students that go in and testify as, uh, from, a, from a case that we give them, uh, and they have... They learn how to be witnesses, correct? Yes, sir. Yeah, and um, has it been beneficial? And uh, you get some good feedback from North Carolina and from the people that go through it. We do. Um, when they, by the time they get to class, I think most of them are very stressed out. Um, some of them are a little terrified. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, the first day is a long day. Um, you know, being deposed and going over. The classroom work and everything, but so far we're we've got everybody through the courtroom part today. We hadn't lost anyone, so I think we'll have another successful class. Yeah, we have, yeah, we've never had in all the years that the IWIS been putting this on. Uh, we've never had anybody actually croak over, so we're really happy about that. But when you were part of of, of um, initially, uh, is that correct? That is correct. Uh, or, uh, one of our former presidents asked if I would uh, be willing to help uh, work out with uh, work this out and get it going with the chapter. So I said, sure. Uh, so a very important part of what we do is training our investigators in every aspect of investigations, including when you have to sit in that box. Right, and you and you became I, I know this because I was there uh, in fact teaching it, but um, you became a facilitator. For the for the class, correct? I did, and you and you can uh, you can teach this anywhere in the state of North Carolina, correct? Yes, and we have a very large state. Uh, it's about 600 miles in length, so we decided that we were going to break it up into regions, which is why we are having more facilitators checked off this week. 
So we'll have regional training, so uh, it'll get closer to our folks so they don't have to spend as much money trying to travel to get to this class. It's a great idea. Um, and then and we have um, Jeff Key here, and Jeff Key, is a, a, is a, as, as Donna pointed out, has a couple days experience in fire and explosion. And so uh, he, we, always, we always take people that are they're qualified. We have a vetting process uh, for facilitators. And we have to get people that are interested in doing it and teaching. And Jeff, I know, um, I know you were asked to do this, but um, why, do, why are you interested in, in, in doing this? Why, what'd you, why did you want to I've been a member and a, and a past president, and I, I think our, uh, our goal is to raise the bar on uh, fire investigations, and that would include uh, teaching them how to uh, testify properly and give them some exposure to that. So I think it's, uh, um, I, I need to continue helping as much as I can, and I felt like being a facilitator would, would continue along those lines. Right, and um, now it's a, it's a great experience for fire investigators um, uh, that don't get an opportunity to, you know, testify. That's why the IAAI established that program. Um, and. And it's the it, if they go to this program, they get mandatory points, so that they for um, CFI, which is Certified Fire Investigator. Now I know all of you guys have um, have been working this chapter for a long time, and and I don't know which one of these you guys would have most knowledge, but maybe Wayne, do you know have any idea how many CFIs you have in your chapter? Maybe you don't, or maybe five. Uh, I want to say fifty-eight. I thought it was in the 80s. It's, it's, um, well, it's in the, yeah, right. Last time I asked Kate Reed, it was 58. That was about three years ago, so I'm sure it's gone up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, um, and you guys are helping them get there because otherwise they would have to travel to other states to, yeah. Um, yeah, to take the course. They've got to, to qualify to, to take the test mm-hmm. for the IAA. You have to have testified twice or have this course. And, um, a lot of our people do not get an opportunity to testify, so they need the course, and, and there's very few places to get it. So putting it on in the state of North Carolina is important to uh, help our people get to the level that we would like them to be at. Yeah, and that's great because, you see, uh, I did a show from Louisiana and uh, um, when I was down there and, and uh, teaching one of the classes, and, um, and we brought on fire investigators down there, and so I'm trying to... I'm trying to I'm trying to look at um, fire uh, training and fire investigation in different parts and regions of the country. So um, now, Wayne, you're, you're you're still at the you're still at the fire department. Yes, I'm a shift investigator with the Greensboro Fire Department. So you're still actually out working fires, and and I know Jeff is, and I am, and Bonnie gets the only one that actually is digging them, but uh, she, she she supports everybody that. You know, if, if you needed a shovel, she'd have one sent to you. I know it. But go ahead. Tell me, tell me about this. What's the fire problem in North Carolina? You, you know. Specifically in Greensboro, our biggest fire problem is unattended cooking right now. Is it really? Mm-hmm. We have the holiday season. Uh, we just passed through Thanksgiving. Uh, I think we had five or six cooking fires Thanksgiving Day. Um, we're coming up on Christmas, so you'll have the drop cords and the heaters and the, the Christmas trees. So we've got that to look forward to. 
Yeah, and you know, part of this show, and I'm really glad you brought that up. Part of the show is is uh, fire prevention. The other part is, is is arson detection and deterrence. And so, let's talk about the the cooking fire. So, uh, and I don't want to exclude you, Bonnie, because I know you. <laughs> I know you cook. I mean, we just had uh, you just arranged for a great uh, lunch. Uh, by the way, thank you very much. You're more than welcome. But uh, anyway, but talk to talk to us about and and we'll kind of go around the table here on uh, on your perspective now on cooking fires. Wayne, you you just brought them up. So let's what what's the best way to avoid a cooking fire? The best way is not to uh, walk away from it. Stay in there in the kitchen with it, and if you do have that uh, that flare up, put a lid on it. Yeah. Our, uh, one of our problems that we have, and especially with burn injuries and green forest, people think that if they throw water on it, it's going to go out. And of course, we know that the water expands and grease turns into a vapor, and it goes from a flaming pot to a large fireball. Yeah. And then it, and it ignites other things around it, including people around it, including people. Yeah. Right. And uh, well, Bonnie, you've got some input on on cooking fires. You ever know anybody <laughs> that had one? Uh, actually, my aunt had one, uh, and it got a lot of control and <clears throat> went right to the curtains in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. But they were able to get out before. So, uh, you know, that not leaving your cooking is a good thing. Yeah. Right. And then you're absolutely right. That's the best. And then, and then, Jeff, I want to talk to you about it because I do it too through my. Every once in a while, you'll have a, you'll have an investigation of a of a kitchen fire, don't you? Yes. And why why is that? Why do you think the insurance companies look at those? Well, there the, the possibility exists that your maybe your appliance uh, failed for some reason. Uh, or there's some other reason for the, the fire. It's more than an unattended. It may be a, it may be a remodeling fire uh, type of thing. So they just want to check into it to see what the, the origin and cause of it, verify it, make sure everything's okay, and then uh, move on from there. That's right. And now I'm going to say something about that because that's correct. Uh, the insurance companies are, are they they are mandated by. Uh, generally, the uh, insurance commissioner's office of the state to investigate fires. The uh, the fire departments, of course, are are men that are are also uh, uh, charged with the responsibility of not only extinguishing the fires but also looking at them, at them too to to uh, investigate them. Now, in the insurance companies, since they are mandated to do that, will hire an origin and cause firm like yours or mine to go to the scene. And uh, and and see what happened. Like you said, it could be an appliance that that is that is malfunctioning, which could be a uh, a deal where what ultimately could result in a recall. Right. Yes. Yeah. You're trying to it'll help people safety wise if we if we see a pattern of this. Uh, and the other part of it is it may not be cleaned up properly. But you're you're hopeful if you do see an appliance that's failing that that uh, you can keep other people from being. Injured. Right. Right. And so, so part of your job, uh, Wayne, is is fire prevention uh, and identifying uh, things that might be uh, having a malfunction. Right? Oh, absolutely. And if we do see that, uh, we'll be the first to call the Consumer Safety Product Commission and alert them to the, the trend that we may be seeing. And it starts locally. It really does, and and that goes throughout the whole country. The NFPA, the National uh, Fire Protection Association has 
has um, has uh, all kinds of statistics on on how many fires over millions of fires uh, a year that uh, a million three hundred fifty thousand or whatever it is uh, six hundred fifty thousand uh, uh, responses by fire departments to fires and um, and cooking uh, related uh, issues are, are big in in residential fires also in in uh, restaurants. Uh, commercial kitchen fires. I, we kind of specialize in that now um, because, and they're all over the country. I mean, think about New York City has what uh, nine thousand restaurants, you know, right on you know Manhattan and around there. So it can happen, and and it's and it's accidental. It's it's not because everybody is looking for incendiary fires all the time. It just really is. Um, but uh, a lot of people are, um, well, there are some people, you mentioned re- remodeling fires. Um, some people think that they are going to set a fire and they're going to get away with it. And, um, and with the technology now to, today and with, uh, with, the, with the improvement we have in, uh, in investigative uh, research and in teaching, uh, that's why we're here, isn't it? Absolutely. Yeah, then, uh, then we... Um, you know, the chances are that if you're going to set your own fire, you're going to get caught. If you get caught, um, then, you know, the insurance companies aren't going to pay people to set their own fires, okay? And then the other thing is that the criminal justice system has a has a ways of dealing with this, and, and, and a lot of people get killed. And I want to say something that uh, that you know, Wayne, and, and I, I hope you speak about this for a moment. Every time the fire department rolls out of the station, Fire department personnel are put at risk. Can you tell uh, our audience how how can how can that be that they just well, every time uh, we respond in Greensboro, we're sending at least an engine and a ladder, and there's four people on each piece of equipment uh, for a full structure fire response. It's almost double that, so we've got 12 to 15 people, up to 17 responding. Uh, on a single incident, including the investigator. Uh, we're on automatic dispatch, so we're going right there with them. And uh, that's a lot of equipment rolling down the road. You've got a million dollars tied up in a ladder truck. You've got 800000 in an engine. Uh, the chief's car, you know, there's another 30000 But not only that, it's the human element that's behind this equipment that's going up and down the road, emergency traffic. So it's, it's putting a lot of people uh, at a lot of, of, of danger just the travel to the fire. Yeah, just just by traveling there because you can have people running stop signs. They're not. They're, they're got their 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 uh, radio cranked up and they can't hear you, so they're not getting out of the way. The people are running stop signs and hitting uh, semis that hit hit uh, broadsided uh, responding fire units and, and killed firefighters. Uh, plus, and that's just before they on the way. Once they get there, you know, the fully involved fire, a wall can fall out, uh, um, some, a, a firefighter can fall through a roof. But it can happen, right? And so Absolutely. Every, every time. So um, this is why there's arson is not, uh, incendiary fires are called arson legally, uh, are not a victimless crime. They are a crime where you're putting people at risk all the time. Now, Bonnie, when you were in, you were in, uh, you were in uh, an investigation uh, supervisor, right? You work with the police department. Right? Yes. Did uh, Burlington have a? Did they have an arson unit, or did you work on arson cases with them? We had um, a couple of detectives that were uh, 
trained in the fire investigation and worked with our uh, fire department. We had a very good working relationship between the Burlington Police and Fire Departments across the street from each other, and so you know, pretty close contact anyway. And I would be more the, the scene person come in to do photographs or logistics, depending on what you know if they needed. Um, you know, everything was a little bit different depending on what was going on. So um, we also have our task force here. We have a very successful, very active task force. So if we need something from another agency, be it law enforcement or fire, mm-hmm. they're always willing to come in. Well, that's great because um, when you have cooperation, that's the way it is. And I, you know, Donna, I'm sorry. I haven't been giving you any any room to say anything. Do you want to say anything other than we're getting close to the break? We are getting close to the break, and uh, thank you for that. No, I'm just listening. This is very interesting. I really appreciate you guys being on the show. And Gail. <laughs> <laughs> you got to do that. Uh, um, uh, since I am, I am, uh, I don't have my uh, my countdown thing here because I'm remote. Uh, how many? Where are we? Uh, just a couple of minutes, three minutes. I mean, if you want to take a break, if this is a good time, we can. Okay, well, why don't we do that? Why don't we just uh, go to the break right now, and, and when you come back, ladies and gentlemen, come back to Speaking of Fire. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Fire Consulting International provides consulting and expert fire origin and cause investigations. Our experienced, certified fire investigators have specialized skills to meet litigation requirements. We also provide peer review of reports for other investigative firms to assure they meet NFPA guidelines and ASTM standards. Educational classes and CEU classes are also provided. For professional investigations, contact Fire Consulting International at fcifire.com or call 913-262-5200. FireAnalysis.net offers cutting-edge, comprehensive programs unique to the insurance industry. Our vendor vetting assures regulatory compliance with the Sarbanes-Oxley Act, NFPA guidelines, and ASTM standards. We ensure that investigators' reports are in compliance with those standards. We also offer comprehensive programs to assure compliance with your company guidelines. Please contact FireAnalysis.net. That's FireAnalysis.net. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Listening to Speaking of Fire with Mike Schlattman and Donna Ingram. To call in to today's show, please call 1 866 472 5788. That's 1 866 472 5788. You may also send an email to connect at speakingoffire.com. Now, back to this week's program. 
Welcome back to Speaking of Fire. Thanks for joining us. Jeff, I wanted to ask you, with all your years' experience with ATF and law enforcement, and now you've had about six years in the private industry, how was that transition for you? Well, as far as digging the seams or, or working a seam, they're pretty much the same thing. Uh, it's the, the, I guess, the client I'm working for. Uh, the federal government for it was, uh, I was largely in charge of my investigations and, and how far they went. Um, um, so I, I made a lot of decisions. Um, now, uh, my client the, is going to have some significant input into uh, how far that investigation is going to go, um, type of thing. So that's a lot of the same things, but uh, a little bit more. I'm, I, I was not deposed before because it was criminal stuff before, but uh, now I get deposed. Quite a difference, so yeah. Go ahead, Mike. I was just going to say, well, that's what part of the thing that we teach these uh, these uh, young people uh, well, I keep saying young because they're, they're adult men, but they haven't testified before. We teach them about depositions, and, uh, and it's, uh, it's difficult for um, uh, public sector people sometimes to, uh, to understand that, that that's really where a lot of the detail is going to come out is in, this, uh, is in the deposition. Um, the IAAI has uh, CFITrainer.net, and they have deposition, uh, actually two modules on depositions. I was fortunate enough to be part of the uh, authorship of that. So two modules on depositions and also um, all of these different courses on, uh, on, on different uh, subjects. Now, um, one thing, um, Jeff, I wanted to talk to you about, you, you've done uh, all types of, uh, you, do large, you did a lot of large losses, of course, with ATF. Yes. And yet, and we are, and and of course the, the the system is with the insurance companies. They they investigate all types of fires. So they go vehicles and and, and garage fires and you know, homes and large losses, like commercial fires and and um, and you do the whole gamut, don't you? Yes, sir. We have uh, worked the um, the pot on the stove fire uh, all the way up to uh, very large industrial complexes that have. Uh, burned for various reasons. And you have two other agent, uh, ex-agents with you? Yes, sir. We have uh, uh, John Golder and Ken Andrews. Uh, uh, we have all the same training, very similar training uh, and experiences, though uh, John was the uh, team leader for the national response team, and uh, Ken was on the national response team for a, a lot of years. Yeah, and so... Now, is there now? What's the name of your your company? Is now you got to you got to give us well because they have to have an acronym. Uh, okay, <laughs> they have to they have to do that because uh, go ahead and tell them what the name of your company. The name is Forensic Investigation and Consultation. But by the time you get finished saying that, answering the phone, they may have hung up. So we reduced it down to Forencon. Forencon. Okay. So where is Forencon located? Uh, main office is in Raleigh, and then uh, John and I are down in the southeast corner around the Wilmington, North Carolina area. So if somebody wanted to get in touch with you, they, they could call what? They could call our uh, main number. Um, I don't have it with me right now. <laughs> uh, and, uh, or go to our website, get the main number, or send us an email. That's, that's funny. I, I should have told you I was going to ask you that. All right, and then, uh, yeah, well, you think you did something bad? I did, Listen to this one. Um, 
Hire Consulting and Case Review International, Inc. Okay, that's just the name of mine. So we call ours FCII. So, okay, so I had to reduce it too. Okay, so when you get Wayne, when you start your own thing, make it short. Okay, don't say Wayne's World. <laughs> don't say Wayne's World. Wayne's Fire World, don't do it. Okay, but you can make it something good. Now, you know, Bonnie, you know, she, you should have went into business. You know, she you could have run a business right now. Do you have your number? Yeah, I got it now. It's uh, 919-810-6203. Okay, I'm going to give you an opportunity at the end of the show to repeat that. I better keep this up. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, Wayne, I know that you wanted to say something you were talking about uh, when we went to break. You wanted to come back to some, some what? Kitchen fires, uh, sure, commercial kitchen fires. Yeah. Um, work quite a few of those, and of course, uh, as the uh, intro said with Donna, um, I do work on the private side. I work for uh, Unified Investigations and Sciences. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jeff and I have worked on fires together, um, so we see a lot of the same things, and we attend a lot of the same trainings. But uh, one of the things that we look at is restaurant fires. Yeah, and uh, it, it seems to. The trend here lately in Greensboro is lack of cleaning, lack of maintenance, and uh, the fire is actually either under the grill or behind it or underneath it. So it's outside the scope of where the hood is going to actually extinguish it. So, you know, you just you don't know uh, what's going on on the inspection side with a, a municipality, whether they are actually truly getting the maintenance in there and, and whether it's being discovered. Yeah, you know, I did a just show a uh, show on that recently with Phil Ackman, the guru of, uh, of commercial kitchen fires, and uh, I'm one of the, his instructors. We go over all over the country, but we not only teach not only not only teach fire investigation of commercial kitchen fires, but we teach inspection. And you'd be surprised at how many uh, departments don't even have someone that would be really qualified um, to to jet, to really inspect. Well, the sad thing is uh, a lot of folks will see the tag hanging from the cleaning company or from the company that serviced the hood system and think everything's okay. Yeah, have to pull those grates out and look behind them. Yeah, absolutely. And, and yeah, you've got to keep up with stuff. And, uh, and uh, now, uh, you know, now let's, let's talk the local stuff now. Now, Bonnie, where are you still at? Are you still here? Where are you? Where are you? I still live here in Alamance County. Yes. In Alamance County. How about uh, them? Do, you, do they have any kind of a fire problem here, or do they know a fire I don't know. I don't know about Alamance County. You don't know either. No. Yeah, we go in our monthly task force. We go over recent fires. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's pretty much a mix of a little bit of everything. Yeah, you don't. Do you have very many uh, incendiary fires? Oh, uh, you know, it's fires? like everything else. You know, it comes. It kind of comes in waves. Yeah. You, know, you have some, and then you kind of go through a quiet, and then they have them again. You know. I just, you know. It's, yeah, it's just yeah. And for for the private investigation firm, we're going into now. We're going to go into our busy season because yes. it's heating Holidays. and and heating. Yeah, holidays and heating. Yes, uh, the heating season because people are are human beings. And people think of uh, well. Sometimes they don't think, and uh, what we're trying to do is have people think. So don't um, so don't try to um, uh, dry your your uh, clothes on um, kerosene heaters, please, out there in the world. Uh, also, um, have your maintenance, have your uh, furnace checked. Okay, please. Uh, Chimney cleans, yes, and 
and you know, and try those. Oh, um, I know something that 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 ATF has done some some testing on, and, and they and they have some videos. NIST has a lot of videos. Let's talk about frying turkeys for a second, Jeff. Have you seen? Have you been just a couple of those? I've I've seen some of the uh, results from those tests. Yeah, some of the video. Yeah, and that, and that's and so here's a so so tell the tell the audience what they should not do with one of these turkeys. Shouldn't take a, fry, a, a frozen turkey and drop it into hot oil, especially the oil that will come out and get to the uh, the fire, the flames from the uh, burner. Right. In fact, that's uh, that's exactly almost what we were talking about over before, Wayne, because you're burning water into hot grease, 350 degrees. Yes, and then they're, and they've got to have this massive flash. You can anybody here that's listening within the sound of, of this the show, which is international, you can go to YouTube and get uh, a turkey fryer fires or something like that, or grease fires, and take a look. Uh, at they, There was a terrible video they had out for a while where this uh, woman you hear in the background, you, know, you see this firefighter, uh, you know, there's a, there's a fire in a, a, um, a skillet, and then uh, he throws water on it and it flashes up, and this woman is talking about it in the background, and then they go to her, and she has done this, and so she's disfigured by this fire. Uh, and so it's a, it's a real... It's a tragedy when you when you have that kind of thing. Um, Donna, do you have anything Another, else? Yes, another thing, go on YouTube, and this puts out, and I just posted this on LinkedIn today, as a matter of fact, is Christmas tree fires, real Christmas trees. Um, NIST has a video out. It's short. It's on YouTube, and uh, where they they lit a dried out Christmas tree, and in less than forty seconds, the room flashed over. Mm-hmm. Flashover is a full room involvement, uh, ladies and gentlemen, and, and people don't survive that, and, um, and and firefighters don't survive it, and, and even with their gear. So, um, yeah. So let's. I know Jeff, you've worked uh, Christmas tree fires, haven't you? Yes. So have I. Um, what? Um, so, what do you think some tips would be for for our audience to um, to avoid? Uh, I mean, when they have a real tree. Keep, keep it uh, moist. Keep uh, water in it as much as possible. And uh, keep flames away from it. Make sure that your lights and things of that nature are in good working condition and don't have uh, shorting out or something like that. And don't put it too close to the to the uh, one heater or too close to a, uh, a fireplace or something like that. Because sometimes fireplace fires, what they'll do is they'll put a lot of presence or something right in front of the fireplace and end up at, in, accidentally, um, you know, setting them on fire. What about you, uh, um, what about you Wayne? Uh, well, Mike, one of the things that we tell people, uh, if you get your tree from a tree lot and it's been sitting for a long while, make sure they recut the base because the tree sap will, will cover over the base and, and stop the tree's ability to draw, to draw up water. So make sure it's cut fresh. Uh, and keep the water checked in. No, that's right. And when it starts losing its needles or starts losing or getting a little bit brown, you need it's to too late. Yeah, you got to get them, and you got to get it out of your house. Take it to your house, and they have recycling centers, don't they? I they do. Greensboro has one. Yes. Uh, uh, and um, and from a uh, from a domestic point of view, 
Um, have you ever had a, a, a real tree? I have. And then so have I. And and I like them except that they when they when you move them they and the other day. They're very nasty. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but they just smell good. They do. They smell good. So um, yeah. So uh, what about what about cooking and baking stuff? I mean, do you, do you have um. I, I know that people sometimes, uh, they walk away from uh, baking also, and, and, uh, or they'll put the wrong kind of thing in a microwave and, and have a nice little cooking fire around the holidays. Have you heard of those? No? I'm sure. Yeah, sure. Well, tell, tell, us a, tell, us, tell us a fire story. You got a, you got a story? Oh. Um, it was about three Thanksgivings ago. Uh, we actually had a uh, it come as a structure fire, and when we get there, uh, you see what's left of the uh, the turkey cooker in the driveway, just inside the uh, garage, two car garage. Uh, and this guy did the, the classic mistake of putting a frozen turkey in there, and it boiled over, it flashed, it started the garage on fire. He ran through the house into the garage. Uh, through the garage door, left it open. So, of course, we're in the fire travel. Went through the garage, into the house, and uh, we had a uh, very large structure fire. I can imagine. Was his, um, was his wife somewhat upset with him? Uh, she was just happy that nobody got hurt. Well, that's, I'm, I'm happy that she was happy. I think later on, maybe she might have had to say something. I'm sure she it. had that talk with him. <laughs> yes, we had a, a member tell us today we went to a house fire yesterday. Um, the evening before, the lady told her husband something's wrong with the furnace. Does it sound right? Does it smell right? It's making you know funny noises. And you need to check it. He said no. He blew her off. Yesterday morning, they had a house fire, and it started in the furnace. And the um, fire chief that was telling us this today said the first thing out of her mouth when her husband arrived back home was, I told you so. <laughs> he will probably hear that the rest of his life. He was not happy. She's not a happy <laughs> She's camper. She's not a happy camper in a lot of ways. Uh, and let everybody know it. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. You got a story for us? Uh, no, but the, the, uh, the other part of this, we talked about kerosene heaters. Yeah. We need to make sure that we're putting the correct fuel in kerosene heaters. Yeah. And not fuel on the gasoline, otherwise we'll have a rather large fire and as a result. Yeah, and and, uh, and people get burned, and they do, they do. Oh, and let's talk about Christmas trees again for just a second, because got, got, that gasoline thing did it for me. If somehow people get the idea that they can burn Christmas trees in, in fireplaces uh, or they can take them outside and pour some gasoline on them, and, and light them up with some other brush that they've gotten together because it's fall, and they pour that gasoline on there and light it, and get and they're involved in the they're already in the vapors, and they get burned, they get slash burned, they get blown down because they put too much in it. Or if you put in your if you put in your fireplace, you're going to have one tremendous fire, and can cause yourself even a fire in the in the uh, flue, but uh, into the living room. So it, it burns like gasoline, just like gasoline. So, um, so let's not be doing any of that. And don't put wrapping paper in your fireplaces either, um, you know, or burn. Well, I know, Wayne, you know, have you seen that people will take a construction material like two-by-fours and stuff like that and throw them in their, in their fireplaces? I've seen it before. 
that you have. And uh, that can cause you a nice little fight, too. Yes, it will. The flues were not designed to carry those type of loads where you have such a high heat output mm-hmm. and it winds up cracking the liners. Yeah. And you, are you are you that creosote buildup and all that good? Creosote buildup is terrible. Now, so if you're going to use a fireplace this year, ladies and gentlemen, get it clean first. Um, get it, just get it checked it like every other year. At least get it cleaned every year. If you're using it on a regular basis. You know. um, and also and then, outside, uh, this is the time of year that people are burning leaves, they're burning the scrap woods and things like that. And the use of gasoline on that is never a good thing. And Wayne, I was going to ask you specifically, Mike beat me to it about fireplaces, but um, I'm sure you've encountered some outside fires too that were spreading. Oh, yes. Uh, we do have an ordinance against open burning in the city. Uh, the only thing that is allowed would be chimneys and fire pits. But, uh, yeah, people need to check with their uh, their local jurisdiction to make sure there are no ordinances against the open burning or uh, have them get a burn permit. And on the permit, it'll spell out how to safely conduct an outside fire. That's a great idea. And, well, and not only that, but people have a tendency to burn some leaves and, and uh, uh, not pay attention to the weather conditions. Weather conditions being, um, you know, windy. And I've seen, I've actually worked fires where they started outside in a, in a big leaf pile and, uh, and then wind comes along and then gets underneath it like, a, like a, you know, into a crawl space or will actually burn a house, um, you know, and it's, and it's not intentional. It's just the way it is, you know, and, and uh, the, the, the wind blew it, or they'll blow out, or they think they they have a nice little ravine next to the house, and they can light all that nice uh, scrap wood or, or some kind of uh, branches or something on fire, and that spreads through the house. And also be careful with the leaves piled up on the curbs. Uh, people throw cigarette butts out, and then we have that outside fire. Yeah. And don't bark on them. We had a uh, police officer jump and run after a suspect, and he had pulled over to the curb where the leaves were piled up for the city to get him up, and, of course, his catalytic converter started a nice little fire under his car. Yeah, we had one of those, too. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, now we could get into emergency vehicle fires. <laughs> you know, they had a while. For a while there, they had ambulances burning, if you remember. Yeah, Remember the ambulances that were burning because there was a there was a problem with the uh, that manufacturer. If you remember, and uh, we don't we don't name names around here. Okay? And uh, well, Jeff, tell me if if you got a if you got a nice little if you got a recall story or you got a uh, a, a, a home story for us. To, no, just, to, just adding to the uh, outside burning, much like unattended cooking, you need to. Uh, attend your fires and make sure they're out before you walk away from them. And we, we do have a lot of fires that start on the outside and work their ways into the uh, structure and uh, end up being a significant fire because of, of uh, the fire starting on the outside. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I've never worked in one like uh, like the vacation movie where where uh, he has his uh, Christmas tree lights on. <laughs> and I've never had a squirrel jump, jump out of my Christmas tree, but I'm sure that's probably in the, in the future for me. But uh, I, I was just thinking about all the Christmas tree lights. And people make the silliest mistakes about, about wiring. They'll direct wire things. They, they, they use uh, 
uh, inside uh, the wiring for outside. They, they um, uh, just like inside, you're not supposed to use an extension cord for permanent wiring, and they'll run they'll run the air conditioners off extension cords. These are all things that can cause fires, and they're not intentional, but they could be avoided really easily if you just looked into it a little bit. Yeah, Martha just did a PSA last week with the local news channel about heater safety, and uh, one of the things that we are seeing this year is people are using relocatable power taps to hook their heaters up with, thinking that it's a surge suppressor and it will magically keep things from going wrong, and... They're rated for about 15 amps. So when you put two 900-watt heaters on there, you're at 15 amps. That's right. And, and a removable power cap that he's talking about is what, what people call those, those plug strips that they get from the from, uh, some discount place for $2, and then, and then they put you know, heaters in them. That's, now, that's, that's a way to have yourself a fire and uh, hurt your children and hurt your house and and, uh, and uh, don't do that. Um, and, and not to mention, uh, I was, we just worked one where um, it, was a, it was a tragic thing where um, uh, it was a purely accidental thing, but it, uh, it killed the, the family pets, you know, and, and, uh, and, and the people lost their house. Okay, so it's just accidental things. People do stuff. Uh, they, 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 um, they, had a, they had a plastic... Um, thing that they put all their cigarette butts. They didn't want to smoke in the house, but they put all the cigarette butts in this plastic uh, exterior um, uh, thing right next to the house, of course. And then there was wind blowing. They, they left. They left. But it's just right there. Is the but the problem is it burned itself into the house. And when it did that, what well, killed the, the animals? And it, and it took, and the fire department, was, it wasn't notified while well. It was on the back of the house. Didn't see it for a while. And and was a relatively small fire, but at least and anybody that has pets knows it's like having children. So I mean that was and that's why I said it was tragic. But uh, that could be you. That could be your house. And if you don't have smoke detectors that work, that could be you and your children. So let's not do that. Um, so any tips from? Uh, I'll go around the room here. Any other tips that you can think of for people? Um, in this uh, upcoming season, or um, I got one about don't change your fuel filter in your garage and think that 32 pounds PSI of your fuel line can be held with your thumb because we had a guy do that at, with a drop light underneath it. So gasoline comes down, gets the drop light, and burns the garage and him and burns his arm and gets into the house and burns out the whole house. And it wouldn't have been as really as bad, except that that was his his buddy's house that he was borrowing, and um, and his buddy's wife and children didn't like to be homeless because <laughs> she was a she was a little upset. Okay, I got to say that, and he apologized to everybody. And go ahead, you got a tip for us? Yeah, one thing we're telling folks this year uh, is a lot of people are trying to look at uh, the different ways of decorating the house. Uh, I like the newer style of LED lights because they don't have the average draw of the old lights, and they don't get hot. Um, we tell people to stay away from the, the ones that you find, the older ones that you find at yard sales and 
flea market and consignment stores because you just you just can't trust them. You don't know what kind of shape they're in, and you're just asking for problems. So that's right. So then that's absolutely right. Okay, how about you? I suggest that when you get a uh, an appliance such as a uh, refrigerator or dehumidifier or or heater or something like that, read your instructions because they'll all say that you shouldn't use them with any kind of uh, surge protector, multi-strip, or uh, extension cord. And um, those things can cause fires if you're not careful with them. No, that's absolutely true. That's a, yeah, that's 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 great. I like to Bonnie. No, no. <laughs> okay, Rolling so, a blank right now. Right, a blank, but that's okay. I mean, I, 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 I okay, so. All right, so so we all got to know. How about you, Donna? Have you got a tip for the for the audience? Yeah. Yes, just be safe. And we're down to a couple of minutes before we have okay. to close the show. And again, I want to thank uh, I want to thank Jeff and Bonnie and Wayne for being on the show and for all those great tips. Thank you for having us. Thank you. Thank you, ma'am. Okay, so uh, I'll tell you what. Well, next week um, we well, we got a, we got a couple of good things coming up. We've got um, we've got a, uh, a from the East Coast. We have a, uh, a Ocean City, uh, New Jersey, um, a task force uh, worked on a major fire that they want to talk about, and we also have a, a wonderful show coming up with an with a uh, an attorney and uh, a uh, person from. Uh, the operational line of an insurance carrier talking about uh, about in, uh, people's claims, so that and fire claims and why and 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 things that happen in inside of them and um, and protecting the insureds. And then they we also have a couple of other things coming up. We have a manufacturer's representative, one that goes out and and investigates fires from manufacturers, and he's going to be on our show around Christmas. And uh, and so we're. We're going to keep doing the prevention and, and arson deterrence. So um, I'm going to sound out, sign off now, and thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for being here. Donna, thank you. Um, and, uh, when, and do you have anything in closing? Now I'll have a great week, and uh, we'll see you next week at Speaking of Fire. Thank you. When you come back, come back to Speaking of Fire. Thank you for tuning in to Speaking of Fire. Please join your hosts, Mike Schlattman and Donna Ingram, for another edition of our program next Wednesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Remember to be careful this week and every week.